0: Welcome to the Frederick Democrats Podcast, a production of the Frederick County Democratic State Central Committee. I'm your host, Josh Kramer, and with me today is Chris Graves, who is running for Congress in Maryland's 6th District. Chris, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me, Josh.
0: First off, uh, my typical first question to our guest is, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Well, I'll start with my parents. So That seems to be where my values come from. My parents grew up in small towns during the Depression in the segregated South. They came to D.C., where I grew up, to help build LBJ's great society. And they knew from their own experience, having grown up in the segregated South, that America wasn't living up to their promise, and that's why they came up here. My mom started out as head of migrant division at OEO, or Office of Economic Opportunity, then went on to... Become the first CEO of Reading Is Fundamental, which she built into the largest nonprofit children's literacy program in the United States. My father was a sole practitioner and attorney. Uh, he took on a variety of cases. For um, he sued Pennsylvania Railroad, for example, but many of his cases involved involved civil rights for LGBTQ. People and he was a pioneer in transgender law. Uh, As for myself, graduated with a B.A. from uh, Yale, went on to earn my master's, or not a master's, sorry, Ph.D. in economics from the University of Maryland, and uh, then built careers in finance over in the Southeast Asian capital markets, building uh, power plants around the world, and most recently with my wife, since 2006, we've been running a solar company that we founded down in Montgomery Village, which is in the district.
0: And so why uh, have you decided to get into the race uh, for Congress in Maryland's 6th District?
1: Well, uh, it's basically two things. I mean, one is I didn't really hear anybody talking about building an America for everyone, um, which is something that I think we need to do. The second thing is I was frustrated by the political system or the political process, which I think many people are. I guess the thing is I feel like we elect, we the way that people campaign and the way suce- people succeed in their campaigns is to tell people what they want to hear, and then when they actually get into office, um, they answer to someone else other than the people. So those are basically the two motives. I'm very frustrated with the political process, and I think we need to get back to thinking about what we can do for the public interest rather than for particular interests.
0: So, when you talk about uh, mm-hmm. frustration with the political process, I mean, you did just note that uh, you know you, you have these politicians that will uh, say something; they they say a lot on the campaign trail, mm-hmm. and and then when they get into office, uh, they do something else. What I guess would you like to see, or maybe? Why? Why do you, do you think that happens? That that we get that we as voters hear one thing on the campaign trail, but then when these uh, politicians get elected into office, that they do something different. And and I know it might be it, maybe it's an unfair question of me to ask you to like kind of get into these people's heads or anything like what they're thinking. But but what might be the motivation for them to not do what they said they were going to do?
1: Well, I think it. I mean my opinion, for whatever it's worth, is I think there are a combination of factors. One is I think um, that serving the public has become a career, and I don't necessarily object to that, but there are people in all careers that are simply blindly ambitious, and I see a lot of that in the political process, uh, in politicians in particular. And then I think the second thing is, when they, once they get into office, um, it really becomes an issue of staying in office. And the way you stay in office is you raise a lot of money so that you can broadcast your message. Only a certain people can pay those bills. Whether they start out intending to actually serve the public interest or not, in the end they wind up serving special interests because those are the interests that can pay their bills.
0: So uh, with you in Congress, mm. what would be... Uh, your your top priorities, you know, looking back, whether you were to serve two years or, or however many right, terms, right. Uh, what would be the things that you would like to look back on and say, I'm really glad that, that I did this?
1: Well, I think my overarching objective is to help build an America that works for everyone, where everyone gets a fair shake and where those of us who stumble get a hand up to stand on our own two feet. I think we all recognize that that's not the situation for many people in this country. I mean, um, for women, for members of the LGBTQ community, people of color, uh, people with mental health issues, in the working class, people are struggling, in the middle class, life is fragile. So for me, I think what we need to put in place are the economic and social underpinnings such that everyone can succeed. And some of those underpinnings, underpinnings are we need to create jobs that have a future. Um, We need to ensure that everybody pays their fair share for the public services that we all use, which obviously with the last change or so-called reform of the tax policy, uh, that went in quite the opposite direction Mm -hmm, of that. mm -hmm. I think we need to have care that covers everything, covers everybody, is as accessible to everybody, is affordable. And I think you know, and now and having had a chance to talk to uh, different segments of the population, let's put it that way, I would also just say that a healthcare care system that's responsive to all the different needs that we face in a diverse community. I mean, the needs of people from the LGBT community, uh, versus someone, say a woman or a man um, from the so called non LGBTQ mm-hmm. community, um, have different needs, mm-hmm. different um, medical needs. So I've added that now to my list of things that we need to achieve in healthcare. So responsive to all the diverse needs that we see in our population. And I think we can achieve that through a single payer system if it's properly designed. Um, and then education. I think we need to build an education. I think we need to take a look at our educational system and redo it, so to speak. Uh, It's not sufficient to educate our children for specific jobs. I think we need to go beyond that to actually enable them to control their own destiny. The future is very uncertain, particularly in the face of automation and creative destruction. And I think the other thing, again, this gets back to the notion of how diverse our population is, Education should be a place where we're also teaching our children about how diverse our population is, and what that means in terms of sensitivity um, and to other people and affirming the different identities. So somehow we need to figure out how to incorporate incorporate that in our curriculum, both in the way that we, the administration, the teachers, and the students interact with one another, but also in the sense of teaching. Uh, our children not only to tolerate one another, but actually to affirm our differences.
0: So uh, real quick, what grade would you give Betsy DeVos? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: Well, I mean, Betsy's obviously not someone that I would uh, think think very highly of, uh, nor do I think she's qualified for her position, but
0: well, can uh, I ask you, though, on uh, as far as, you know, the tax stuff goes, if I could get like uh, I hate to do this, but like a 30 second response, because I know your background in economics um, and, and you mentioned the the tax code that was just uh, uh, the, the right. new tax law by the Republicans Um Real quick, what are some things that you would like to see? Because when you talk about, you know, that everybody's fair, paying their fair share, right. does that mean like uh, what, what? What is a, a fair tax? Are you talking about like like a flat tax, or is that? Something oh no, no, else? no, no, no!
1: A fair tax is not a flat tax. A fair tax is a progressive tax, and so the wealthier would pay more, uh, and they would pay disproportionately more. Uh, basically, the theory of well. This is getting into the weeds, but the whole theory behind the progressive tax was that that the wealthier you get, uh, the less that marginal dollar matters Mm -hmm. to you. So So that's the basis. And I would say, yes, we want to make it a progressive tax. Flat tax does not do that.
0: It's basically like if you make $10,000 a year, you are spending a larger percentage of your income on your basic needs, like food, clothing, and housing. Whereas the guy who's making a a, a million dollars a year, uh, they are not spending as much percentage-wise of their income on those basic needs so that they could afford a higher tax rate.
1: Well, it's more like the value of that dollar, that extra dollar to them is just not as valuable as it is. As it is to someone with a much lower income. You know, if I have ten bucks and I get another dollar, that means a hell of a lot more to me than a guy who's got a two. guy who has a billion dollars yeah. and gets one more dollar.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So one final question that I had for you: uh, people who would like to get involved in your campaign, how can they do that?
1: Well, we we need volunteers for door knocking and other things. Uh, obviously, we need donations. And to do all of that, you can either go to the website. Yeah, there's a Get Involved section, so you can use that. You can also use the Donate button, or you can just call me directly. Um, My phone number, and I suppose that's all right to give out, is 301-741-2552. So you want to talk about my stances, you talk about the issues you have, or you want to just um, volunteer or help in some way, just call me.
0: And we'll make sure that we link the uh, website uh, onto this podcast when, when, it goes, uh, when it goes out, when we publish it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Chris Graves, uh, candidate for Congress in Maryland's 6th District, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast today.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Josh.
0: And for everybody else listening here, uh, make sure you go to the Frederick Democrats website at www.frederickdemocrats.org. Uh, there you can click the Get Involved uh, button, and that will give you a list of all of our various clubs throughout the county. Really hope that you'll get involved with some of them, maybe like the United Democrats of Frederick County, uh, or the Women's Democratic League, and so forth. But also, I'm going to make my pitch again here for Club Blue. Uh, for some of us, it you know, it takes a lot. We don't have a lot of time to go out and, and join these clubs or, or maybe you don't have the time to canvass or something but you still want to get involved, Club Blue is a great way to do that. What we're asking for is a recurring donation of $10 a month. Uh, if you can only afford five, we will gladly take that too. Uh, the Central Committee, what we do with that money, all of that money, every penny of it, goes to help get Democrats elected right here in Frederick County. Uh, so it, it would be a great help uh, to us, to our candidates. Uh, I've been Josh Kramer. Thanks for listening to the podcast. The music for this podcast was written and performed by David Fitzwater.